Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, I love you. We love you. God, I ask that you please send your Holy Spirit to be with us right now. Lord, that our hearts would be sensitive to what it is you want us to know that you'd give us the courage to do what you ask. In your holy name we pray. Amen. 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 In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Again, blessed for a two-part series. The second, second being our guest will be Mr. Hart Littell. He is the program director at Family Missions Company and the director of men's ministry at Fatima. Welcome to the show, Hart. Thank you, Todd. All right. And our co-host today is Mr. Kevin LeBlanc. Awesome yeah. guy. And he's going to give Hart a hard time today, I'm sure. Welcome to the show, Kevin. I cannot wait. Some hard-hitting questions. I took it so easy on you, brother. Just remember that. All right, heart. Go, go, yes. go. Early in your life, tell us a little bit about yourself. Early in my life, so both of my parents from Opelousas. Uh, I was born and raised here. I've never lived anywhere else long term. Went to Milton, uh, where there was a great community down there. I never realized later on, uh, until later on, that how strange is this. A bus used to pick us up from Milton, uh, Milton Middle and Elementary School, and bring us to St. Joseph's for choir practice. Nice. I'm pretty sure that's illegal now. You can't take a <laughs> you can't take a, a public school right. bus to anyway. So I uh, had no idea that faith was definitely forming at an early age, uh, even in my, my little Milton community. I go to St. Thomas More as a high school student, a place where my dad currently teaches religion, Benny Littell. For everybody who's had them, uh, good for you. Also for some of you, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I love you, Dad. And after that shoot, came to know the Lord uh, more profoundly, pro- definitely started in high school for me, but most profoundly whenever uh, I went to Mexico and I encountered Jesus in the poor down there. And that was really a pivotal point in my faith life. So since then, I was in my early 20s probably where I met not only the Lord, but this woman who would one day become my wife. So I really, it was a very, uh, it was a very successful mission trip for me, if you will. <laughs> but uh, so there was that. And then, uh, yeah, from that point forward, really, um, I've been trying to work out uh, his, his will for me. You're an organic Cajun Catholic, being all Milton and Opelousas. I love all that. Come on, uh, man. So I always ask the, the Cougar alumni, which mm. I am as well, were, were you in campus ministry? Because everyone who comes on this show that ha, that's like full of Christ says, no, I wasn't in campus ministry. Were you in campus ministry? I'm so happy to ruin this streak for you. <laughs> I was absolutely in was campus ministry. So. Now, I'll, now, I'll be honest, though. Um, my intentions were just like the guys who were not in campus ministry. There were some uh, yeah. decent looking young ladies in campus ministry. And also, to be honest, uh, the guys who really had a real faith they were some of the most engaging humans that I knew and still know today. Um, So I actually, again, uh, there were some good looking girls and also the guys who really knew the Lord. I couldn't have articulated this then, but they were living their true selves and their true lives. And that was so attractive to me. And I was like, I need to be friends with those guys. It wouldn't be until years later that actually my faith became my own. But it was absolutely uh, sort of an attraction to these. I mean, one of them is literally a, a comedy writer in New York right now. There's, some of them are lawyers in Lafayette. We've got some doctors. But these, these sort of... Um, I don't know how else to say it, other than very attractive figures. And I was like, I got to be around those guys. So Kevin and Hart are, are spiritual brothers, and uh, he's going to give them a, a – we're going deep today. So go ahead, Kevin, dig in. So, you know, and Hart, you know, I love you. And, and uh, one of the things I love about you is that you understand the value 
of significant conversation. Mm. I'm not just talking about, hey, how's the weather today? Hey, how's the family? I'm talking about, hey, Hart, tell me, how are you? And, and sometimes Hart will say, I'm good. I'm like, well, if I asked your wife how you were, how, what would she say? That's when I hang up, by uh, the way. <laughs> but so, so you that, that came through formation. I know your mom. I know your dad. I understand that, the love there. But you know, you mentioned these guys, but who were some of the men that shaped you? Um, wh- whether it be educators, whether it be counselors, whether it be mm. um, fellow brothers, like there. And, and we've talked about this. I, I kind of, you know, here's the deal. Sometimes I ask questions and I already know the answer. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, okay. So I kind of know this one, but like who were, and what was it? I, you mentioned what what specific quality about what you just said? Yeah. In the in the in a man is what attracted you to, to them. Yeah. So my brother Kevin here has diagnosed me as a, a, an egomaniac with an inferiority complex, which is basically a, an abundance of pride. At the same time, a, a certain uh, lack of courage at times to kind of push through and do what I'm supposed to do and, and say what I need to say and be where I need to be. So men who were had the courage to, to step out, to be honest, uh, and I don't even necessarily mean on the mission field. I don't mean like have the courage to go to another country and establish themselves as a missionary there, which plenty of my friends do that now. But I'm talking about the courage just to sit right here and be honest in front of a group of people about what's going on in their hearts. So those men, that list of men would look like early on Mike Keefe. Uh, I won't tell you what he told me, but he asked me how I was doing, and I, I told him exactly how he was doing. And he said, Hart, you're full of excrement. Do you, do you know that? And he kept looking me in the eyes, and I was like, what are you talking? He goes, okay, I need you to understand you're full of it, dude. And until we get to what's going on in your heart, you're, uh, I don't know how things are going to work out for you. I was 16 years old. <laughs> so that was early on. Yeah, that guy came in and, and really kind of shook me. I'll never forget. It was, it was the worst bait and switch ever. We're in California. Weather's gorgeous. In the mountains. I'm eating a, a, like a, the equivalent to like a blizzard from Dairy Queen, you know. And then he hits me with that. I mean, talk about like high to low real quick, but that's, uh, that was probably the beginning of me insisting on going deep and getting real. For our avid listeners, you heard him say 16. Uh, you know, when I hear the number 16, it's the Holy Spirit's present. That's my number. And it's, a, it's kind of a joke on the show. So, but yeah. Holy Spirit's sitting right here. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so from there, from there, that would probably be the high school age thing. And at that point, uh, again, I, I knew I needed to go deeper, but I really didn't have any of the tools. It wouldn't have been until I was in my early 20s where I went to General Cepeda, Mexico with Family Missions Company, the company I currently work for, where I, I really met Jesus in the poor. Mm. Now, granted, remember I said, I was talking about being honest, that's where the poor live. Mm. There's nothing to fake. I don't have any money. I don't have any, in fact, if you want anything from me, it has to come from inside of me because I truly have nothing else to give you. And they don't, and they, and most of them don't know what we, what we know about excess. Amen. You know? And that's the poor there, and that's actually the poor here as well. Sure. But, but anyway, my point is, is it wouldn't have been until later on that I truly encountered Jesus in the poor. And the, and the, the path, the, the highway was that, that insistent honesty. There was no room for anything else. And he even says, I am the way, the truth, and the light, right? So that truth part is the, is the part that's, that got me hooked. Heart, where did the desire, you know, I see the desire of your heart to, to, to feel closer to Christ. Mm. And, you know, it was pulling on your heart, I can tell, you know, when, where did that come from? You know, how did that start? Well, it's, it started probably on the knees of my mother, quite honestly, before I even knew that, you know, the way my adult life would, uh, would shape out. 
she she was a, a be- is a beautiful, prayerful woman. Actually, currently works for the Diocese of Lafayette. She mm-hmm. helps uh, women to put their lives back together. Specifically, um, she's in the pro-life offices. So I've seen her do beautiful work with post-abortive women. But I didn't even know um, until later on. It's kind of like, well, you're talking about being a Cajun Catholic down here. It's hard to know how beautiful your culture is until you go. And then you come back and you're like, sure. oh my God. So it wasn't until I was out of the house for years probably that I realized what a, a saint I had in my own household. Mm-hmm. So my mom's influence was pretty big. My dad, he was, uh, and I won't tell his story because it's his to tell, but he was pretty dormant through my high school years. And really his faith became his own right around whenever I started leaving the house. But as the Lord would have it, he is now going after high school students at St. Thomas More and introducing them to the Lord. So I feel like um, if somebody would have looked at my family 30 years ago and said, your dad will be teaching religion at St. Thomas More, Hart, you'll be involved in missions and ministry, Trista, you will be working for the Diocese of Lafayette. (laughs) I mean, 100% of everybody you told that to would have said, there's no way. There's just no way. Children? Here you are. Children. Yes. Three kids. I have three kids. I have my beautiful Bernard, Grace, and Lucille um, with my wife, Erica. And uh, they're all at John Paul the Great Academy as we speak. And uh, yeah, they're they're healthy. For the most part, don't have COVID. And so (laughs) they know the Lord. They've been on mission with me. They're... they're a well-formed uh, group of kids. Some lucky kids. That's Amen. all I can say about beautiful that. Beautiful family. Beautiful family. Hart, uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot. Okay? Come on. So I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. Then I want you to tell me what it means to you in regard to. So we we were lucky, uh, blessed enough to go on a, a family mission trip to Henry Cepeda last mm. year, and we did a Jericho walk around the town and uh, kind of an impromptu last minute thing. And to clarify, Jericho walk, we walk around praying for the people of the city we were um, evangelizing. Okay. Anyone we encountered, we asked them, "Hey, can we pray for you? Can we pray with you?" And 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 it, it was super powerful for me. And as you know, like like you know, to 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 see these 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 chiseled faces come out of the houses and 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 reluctantly say because you know there's a lot of pride mm. in 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 that culture and reluctance yes you can pray for this and then to watch the tears roll down their faces as we're praying and the empathy the the compassion that i felt mm. like i got into that passion with them right so with that in mind when i say that jesus jesus christ yearns to work in you mm. and not for you, what does that mean? Like, what, mm. in 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 regard to um, in regard to mission work? Sure. Well, I think the first thing we have to do to even get to what does he want to do in me and for me is get rid of what we think it looks like. Mm. And if I if I can be uh, blatantly honest here, uh, this is the part where I guess many of your listeners are about to turn off the radio. But there's there's <laughs> this there's this track, yeah. <laughs> There's this track that I think people are on in, in the Catholic life, specifically down here, that that we think we're getting deep, but we're actually staying incredibly shallow. Shallow. So what's happening is, is you know, I was born Catholic, raised Catholic. I mean, I just described about 90% of the men in Southern Louisiana. Yeah, but you know, I was kind of a I was kind of a rascal back in the day. But then I grew up. Now now I go to church every Sunday. Great. That's there's nothing wrong with that. That's wonderful. Well then they go a little deeper. Then I went on the cast retreat or the axe retreat or Casillo. Yeah, and now now look at all my friends. Great. You have great friends. What's God asking you to do? Well, well, you know, before I used to love being seen at La Fonda and all these other places, which by the way are wonderful. But but now now look at me. I'm I'm eating with priests and my friends are all guys from these retreats. Great, great. That's so good. What is God asking of you? What is the what is the Holy Spirit got on your heart? Well, you know, now I send my kids to these schools. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. And uh, 
you know, after reading the gospel and watching this man live a life of simplicity, of poverty, quite honestly, um, letting people know that the kingdom of God is at hand, uh, and then retreating, right, and then going away, God, what do you want of me? I almost got killed. They almost threw me off over a cliff there. Uh, let me recover from that, and let me go back and live it again. Let me, whatever you ask, even if I hate it, even if it means I'm going to die, let me go back and do whatever you ask of me. That, I think, is what's missing at the heart of, of our Christian community down here, is we, we're kind of caught up in the culture of it, where it does look a little bit different than the cultures around us, but it's not until we can shed all those things. You know, I see Todd hanging with this great group of people. What if I hung with a great group of people? I hope you do. I hope I do. But if God is not calling me specifically to do that, then I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. It feels good, and it looks different than what I was doing before, so it feels like progress, but is it really, you know? So anyway, what I'm saying is, is uh, what does God have on our hearts? I can only answer that for me. Right now, it looks like Tuesday. I find myself downtown. I found myself a great little community down there. I met a wonderful guy named Josh, bought him some coffee. We strike up a conversation, start talking, and we're just able to share. You know, he, um, God has called me to the poor. It's so beautiful because I got, I got nailed. Um, I think this is one of the ways we know that, that God has got something on our hearts is uh, somebody says something, and there can be 10 people in the room, and you're the only one who gets pierced by it. God has clearly just spoken something to your heart. Uh, 10 people heard it. Nine walked away, but one person got pierced by it. And in my situation, Father Nathan O'Halloran was talking to a group of missionaries. And he says, you know what's so great about you missionaries? He said, y'all love the poor. I said, yes, of course. And by the way, I'm working for the missions company. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a foreign missionary, right. but he doesn't know I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the room. I'm, I'm in disguise here. He's like, y'all, y'all are friends with the poor. I'm of course, you know. He says, and, uh, and you love the poor. Yes, we do. And, uh, and you feed the poor. I'm like, yes, still, I'm four for four, right? Yes, I do all that stuff. I must be a great human. He goes, but y'all are real friends with the poor. You listen to their problems. I'm like, okay, I think I've done that once or twice. I'm still technically qualified here. Yes. He says, uh, and they listen to yours, you know, like your real friends do. And already I'm starting to fail this test. You know, he goes, and they come to your house and they eat at your table like your friends do. And I'm like, I I'm not friends with the poor. Right. I, don't, I don't really, I'm not the guy I project to be, and I'm not who I say I am. And to go even deeper, we talk about truth and honesty in our heart. I've convinced me that I'm a champion for the poor. Sure didn't ask God what he thought about it. Because if I did, and I had the courage to listen, he'd have said, dude, you are not friends with the poor. You're friends with you. <laughs> That's how personal the relationship is with God. He, he calls him dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, remind our listeners you're listening to Hart Littell. He is the program director at Family Missions Company. And it's uh, just uh, speaking to me directly, I tell you, I need spiritual direction from you, guy. No. Uh, it's beautiful. And our co host today is Mr. Kevin LeBlanc. And uh, so, Hart, yes, sir. you know, golly, everything in my prayer life in the last 72 hours you have just discussed, uh, mm. it's, it's so on my heart. And uh, I'm listening so intently because I feel like I need to be in a place for God to speak to me and i don't know but like when i run i exercise at reds and and, and i clearly try. you look great uh, mm. i uh, i do an extra um 
a, a friend of mine in my spiritual group challenged me to do an extra decade of the rosary. Mm. I said, well, how do my rosary in the morning? Well, why don't you do an extra one? So I said, okay, I can. So when I run around the track out there, I say one, and then I continue to run for at least twice the time, and I say, okay, God, I have spoken. Now you speak to me. Mm. And, uh, and I try hard to get that. And I'm getting for me in my prayer life what you're saying is like it's subtle, uh, but pointed at the same time, and uh, and and that this was my thought with all the saints that are saints and the wonderful people that we're surrounded by in our church mm-hmm. is that 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 God is in those moments of greatness. Jesus is totally with them and, and mm-hmm. present in them, and so Jesus is all around us. And uh, I don't know. This is just what's been in my in mm-hmm. my heart. Yeah, you know, and 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 that's where I want to be. That's when I'm at my my peak, and 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 I just want to be there all the time. And it's hard because you are being pulled. And and the same thing, the devil speaks also. Amen. And how do you discern? You know, it's hard to discern sometimes which who's who. It's it's the scariest place in the world. And too many of our spiritual giants who've come before us say the scariest spiritual exercise that there is is to sit in a chair for one hour. Don't sleep, don't talk, don't do anything, and just listen. And just really look at what's inside of that heart of yours. And uh, as a guy who can make it almost to 40 minutes now, mm-hmm. I, I can tell you it is. It is, because when he starts speaking, he's, he's going after what's going to make me best. And uh, what's going to make me best is certainly not uh, the excess that I look around and that I'm, I'm drowning in as we speak and, and pulled by and tempted to. You talk about the devil speaking as well. Uh, there's, there's so many comforts that we've, uh, I've put around myself and to step into what he, he's asked me to do, to go and not only just uh, be friends with the poor, but to sort of live a simplicity and uh, a poverty uh, and participate in that. That way we're, we're equal, you know? That, uh, that's a scary thing, you know? And, and the even scarier, too, is in, um, I'm making this decision for me, but I'm kind of making it for my family as well. And that's hard, too. So there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of different facets to it, but I wouldn't even be discerning it right now. If I had stopped at, well, I'm, I'm feeding the poor at St. Joseph's Diner, so I'm doing something good. Which is a great thing. It's a great thing. Ben, don't, don't give nope, me No, Ben, I love you. Ben Broussard. Uh, <laughs> and, and look, we'll continue to do that. But if, I, but if I had stopped on the other side of that counter, you know, keeping them at spoon's length, exactly. and, and then I feel good about myself for the rest of the day. Okay, what about we get behind the, on the other side of that counter, Have sit down, with eat with them. How about this? Bring your family mm. to eat with them because they're sitting there eating with their families. How are you doing? Mm. How you, you live in Lafayette. Go figure. Me too. You know, that, that, whole, that whole relationship there, which, of course, if I'm saying I found Jesus in the poor, right? Jesus seeks relationship with us. Why not, why not enter into relationship with the poor? You know, which is where we find it was where I found Jesus. And so many people, by the way, people who have truly encountered Jesus in the poor, it's almost like that one drug and you throw all the other, you throw the rest away. This, this is the one for me. When you find Jesus in the poor, people who have encountered Jesus in the poor, poor in spirit, actual um, monetary uh, poor, it's, it's hard to go back to anything else. It's, it's just so piercing and so honest. And, and uh, let me just echo, and, and Hart, I'll affirm you, because, you know, Hart worked for a company that has 300-plus missionaries around the world in places like Nepal, Ecuador, you know, uh, Peru. And, and we go on mission, and he comes back, and he says, I, I feel the Lord speaking to me and telling me that there's, there's enough poverty in my, my own hometown to, mm. to be of service. So for that I love you. The other thing is that you know, speaking of silence, you know, the Lord, the Lord has 
I don't think he's ever spoken to me with a bullhorn. Mm. Like I don't drive down Johnson Street and those billboards do not. I don't hear God speaking through these billboards. It's in the whispers mm-hmm. and, the, and the silence that He speaks to me. Talk to. Can you? Can you? Okay. So you have a specific role at at uh, Family Missions. I do. Talk to us a little. If, if you have, we have time. Talk, yeah, talk yeah, to us yeah, a little yeah. bit about about. Um, everything that you just said mm-hmm. about your belief in serving the poor, mm-hmm. how does that tie into your role at Family Missions Company? I appreciate you asking that, man. So my role at Family Missions Company as pro- programs director is one where um, the facilities that we own and rent, I'm, I'm in control of that. I take that back. God's in control of that. He's, he's got this moron uh, answering the phone calls for all that. So, uh, yeah, so he's got me um, taking care of our facilities. And we rent out these facilities, uh, specifically Stillwater. Um, it's it's actually our, a wonderful Catholic retreat center. Uh, and any profit we get goes to our 13 different countries, our missionaries in these countries to serve the poor. So please uh, book us. But um, I get to, with Family Missions Company, I get to book these events and these retreats and, uh, and watch people come to know Jesus week after week. That's pretty rewarding. And I actually have to be careful, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, because like, I do like it just for me. You know, the, the, there really is a selfish part of it, but I, I very much, um, my heart comes alive when I see the tears, when I see, uh, or even uh, this one, this one kind of gets overlooked sometimes. When I see the kid or the man who really encounters Jesus, and unlike everybody else who's going all in in that moment, you know, because everybody else, that's where the energy in the room is. That guy goes, you know, I'm going to take this home and pray about it. And I say, ooh, when that one, when that one makes roots, nobody can shake that one. Because just like right. science and religion, if it gets hot fast, it gets cold fast. Right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, there's a lot of times those guys who leave there and you can tell they've been struck. But then they just kind of walk away and say, I'm, I'm going I'm to take this home and think about it. And I'm like, well, do more than think. Pray about it, too, please. And, man, whenever those really take root, uh, it's beautiful. And I love those because too many people think, oh, we, we didn't get him that time. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't get it. This wasn't a good retreat for him. I'm like, you don't know that. Right. <laughs> he's taking something home with him, and, and he's one of those guys, I think probably more like me, where I'm probably not going to follow the energy in the room on that one. But it's, it's going to go home and, and, and sink in later. So this amazing mission company is headquartered in good old Abbeville, right? Yes, sir. And, uh, and so the reach, just again, the reach of the Cajun Catholics, phenomenal. T- tell us, a little, where have you traveled to on mission? Uh, you know, give us a little touch of, of where you've gone. So I have gone, I, I think I could probably establish residence now, uh, <laughs> citizenship in Mexico, in General Hospital, Mexico. That's the only place I have been to since I started going back in the early 2000s. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty neat, too, because I get to I get to encounter people who have been all over the world, and I get to see my experience has been very much a desert, um, a Mexican desert type experience. I take that back. I was also in New Mexico when I was in high school because uh, there was a there was a Tahachi uh, reservation down there that we were trying to evangelize. Um, but anyway, but other than that, there's really it's been to Mexico and uh, and it's over there that that um, those people that place just has my heart. Um, but like I said, I, I get to encounter missionaries who have been all over the world, um, and and that's pretty special as well. Heart, so we, were you uh, on the mission trip with Dan Colleen? Dan I was Colleen? not. No, but you heard of his story or not so much? No. He went to the same place that I can't say at the place in Mexico, and um, he was on the show I guess a month or two ago, and uh, with his son who is a priest now, and uh, and Dan was. A, cut up at St. Thomas where we went to school together and uh, a wild man and uh, and he got the stigmata at, mm-hmm. uh, on mission trip over there Praise and, God. Uh, and his his testimony is beautiful and um, 
you know, just uh, unbelievable. So how about our friend Pablo? I mean, how has Pablo stayed with you guys? Pablo, I don't think, you can't be within a mile of Pablo Regioni and not know he's there. <laughs> that guy, that guy, just you know this already. He is the Holy Spirit. We, we showed up at CeCe's here in Lafayette, and uh, he's like, hey, my friend, can we pray? And I was like, well, I've never, I've By never. By the way, Hart's, Hart's uh, d- does incredible uh, impersonation. I can tell. So I'm thinking, like, Pablo, I've never, I've never blessed the coffee before. But yeah, yeah, we can pray. Okay, good. Stands up on the chair. My friends, my friends. And he's calling everybody to come over. The Lord Jesus loves you very much. And he wants you to know that he loves you. So, uh, yeah, Pablo, I still interact with him. He's a, uh, he's a wonderful, faith-filled human. I've seen that guy walk from a, a place of a bit of what I would consider to be abundance uh, and, and bravely walk in his own town now. Uh, talk about the gospel this morning. Uh, bravely walk in his own town as a missionary um, and sort of slowly shed things from his life because he finds how important they are not. Uh, he is a hero of mine. I love him. And if any of his supporters are listening, hit him up. He needs support. But yes, I love Pablo Regioni. His love in for Costa Jesus. Rica. His love for Jesus is contagious. Period. Yeah, it's beautiful. Period. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelu. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> beautiful voice, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oof. Uh, just just a few minutes left on the show, uh, Hart. But um, Hart, uh, is there a a particular gospel character um, mm. or story that's close to your heart? There is, man. So for me, um, I actually before uh, so I started going on Mexico, started going to mission in Mexico, and um, I started getting real about my life. I'm looking around at the things that are just you know I'm doing because. Um, everybody else is doing them. One of those things, believe it or not, was college. I had no real draw to college, but everybody else is doing it. I was told I needed to do it, so I did it. (laughs) When I got real, I realized I had uh, the heart of an adventurer. Um, I loved hard work, and so I said, you know where the marriage uh, of both of those things uh, sort of unites is is in commercial diving. (laughs) So I became a commercial diver. And whenever I was a commercial diver, my very first hitch, we went out after Hurricane Katrina. And uh, we were actually, we found ourselves offshore during Hurricane Rita. And so um, there is absolutely a, um, a scripture passage there that I could relate to, if I can even do this without crying. Um, but, but watching Jesus calm the storm. Um, so I was in the, I was in a boat uh, in the Gulf of Mexico during Hurricane Rita. And sure enough, those waves started to come. And uh, it was actually there. Um, I won't get into the long version of the testimony, but it was it was out there in the in the sea and in the waves where I, I had been running from our Lord. Um, remember, I told you from high school I wanted to. I kind of wanted faith, kind of like my friends. I didn't necessarily have my own faith. And so all this posing and posturing I had done, it was literally on that boat during that storm where I said, Jesus. I said, I am yours. And I, I said, Father, specifically. I said, Father, I'm yours. Um, and in the middle of that storm, uh, an extreme warm peace came over me. Mm. Um, and I knew it had to be the Lord because I was supposed to die there. Um, and there was only one situation that I knew of where um, it something beyond life. At that point, that whether I lived or died didn't matter. Um, not in a fed up give up way, but like it's going to be okay whether you live or die. I'm actually in control of all of this. Uh, and it was in that moment where I think um, um, things became very, very clear for me uh, in my early 20s. So, yeah, that, it's definitely it's, it's, uh, our Lord um, calming the storm, you know, that literally the wind and the waves listening to the voice that created them. 
you know, think about that. You know, our Lord, the guy who walked around and touched people and cried with them and laughed with them, and he did it all. You know, I also get drawn back to uh, whenever Jesus is writing in the sand next to the woman caught in adultery. There's all kind of interpretations as to what he was doing. My favorite is, what if he's just down there playing in the dirt that he <laughs> made, her. that he made in front of all these people that he made? And he's like, if y'all are done, when y'all are done arguing over right. what you think is important, uh, God, me down here, I'm gonna let you guys finish and then I'll let you know what's right. That's and that's, awesome. that's, that's kind of our lives. Thank you for sharing your testimony. And you guys, I'm out of a job because these two are so dang good <laughs> and uh, that they could definitely host this show all day long. But uh, thank you. Y'all are a blessing to all of us. Thank you, Todd. Thank Love you, you guys. Uh, you've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Uh, today's guest was Mr. Hart Littell and co-host Mr. Kevin LeBlanc. Tune in next week. Uh, as, and again, always engage the Cajun Catholic community. Get involved. Get deep. God bless you. Amen. 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 Amen.